Hello, everyone, and welcome to the ZK Techo USA podcast, the podcast where we discuss all things access control and access control related. I am your host and face of ZK Techo USA, Joe Freed, and today I am joined by my very special guest, Jim Raymer. Jim, thanks for joining me. I don't know about how special I am. <laughs> well, of course you're special. You're our best rep. Okay, good. All right, so Jim, you've been in the industry. We were talking about this before, just a few days ago. You've been in the industry for a few a while now. How, how long have you been in the industry? Uh, Nineteen sixty-nine. That'd so be about fifty years now. Fiftieth anniversary. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so how'd you first get your start in the security industry? I came back from uh, I came back from Vietnam in sixty-nine or sixty-eight, and I took a job in the industry. Uh, you know, I was a young man looking for work and found a job with a a company in Newark, New Jersey called E.J. Brooks, which manufactured a, uh, some security-related items. They were into bank security and stuff like that. So I started working for them uh, as a customer service rep, just working on the inside, uh, taking care of customers on the phone and stuff like that. And after about a year, they decided that I would make a good outside sales rep. And um, in the interim, they had... Um, uh, they had taken on a sales contract with a company called Robinson, Secu- Robinson Security Pack. And I'm sure you've probably seen that product uh, where uh, a bank is held up and they put a die pack in the, in the mm-hmm. money and it stains all the money. Right? You always well, see that in the movies. Right. They open up the, well, the briefcase. You know, I started selling those. Uh, they were selling what at EJ Brooks was their rep, so we started selling that product. And I was the most successful sales rep um, of, of all the guys in the country um, selling that product. And that's kind of where I got into the security, the really security business. And I stayed with them for a few years and then I went out, um, I left them and went as an independent um, and started working for a regular alarm company, which was in uh, at that time out in um, Roselle Park, New Jersey. And they were doing basically burglar alarm systems. Mm-hmm. And so I sold burglar alarm systems for um, for a couple of years and was very good at that as well. And then just one thing led to another. So I've pretty much been in the, the security business uh, since 1969 and I've done just about every everything you can think of to do with security, I've tried it. <laughs> And how would you characterize the role of a manufacturer? What would you say the job description really is? Uh, of a manufacturer's rep? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what happens with manufacturers so often is when a manufacturer starts starts trying to build uh, a business, um, he doesn't have, usually doesn't have the funds to hire an outside sales rep, pay him full commissions or pay him a full salary and commissions, company card expenses, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So the manufacturer's rep gives you gives the manufacturers a vehicle for having a sales force without spending a great deal of money because we're willing to work for straight commission. So you know, rather than saying you're, I'm, you know, I'll come and work for you, but you're going to pay me a hundred thousand dollars a year and my company car and all my expenses. You know, I'm going to say we'll, you know, we'll come to work for you for, you know, seven percent or ten percent commission on whatever the sales are in a particular territory. Right. So it gives you, it gives the manufacturer a vehicle to build a sales force without having to put out a lot of capital to begin with. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it gives us the ability to, eventually, we will make more money 
because we're working on straight commission and we will if you were paying us a salary and expenses and the company car and all that stuff eventually at some point uh, you know at some point we we wind up hopefully making more money than we would if we had taken that salary and, and done it that way okay and it, because we're manufacturers rep we can sell more than one product right so if if I have a, a ZK for instance is you know is our uh, access control line of choice if I have a bad month with ZK well guess what I got some other lines that hopefully if I'm having a bad month with one the other one is gonna make up for it right, right. so you know so that's that's why you do it that and way. I'm glad you brought up the other lines because I, I want to ask next next how do you choose what lines to represent you know what do you look for should the lines be able to work together well, well what, what we try to do when I and what I've always tried to do is I, I've, I've always wanted to limit my lines to around 10 so some manufacturers reps will have 25 and 30 lines and you can't really you, you can't really look after that many lines effectively it's just too much on your plate to take care of but what we try to do is I don't like to get overlapping products so that if I'm selling an access control panel I don't want to have ZK as my main you know that's my access control panel and then go and say take on a Mircom panel or take on you know another another manufacturer that competes with them so so it's kind of important to have one one line of whatever you're selling and and not two or three of the same offering because then it becomes a it becomes a problem of if I've got three brands and are all selling basically the same thing and I go out to talk to a dealer which one do I show them right right if they're all paying me the same amount of commission and they're all basically sold at the same amount of money you know what's you know I, I, then I don't care what I'm selling but so if I've got one line that I in in an access control that I can stick with then that's fine they're gonna be crossing over at some point that's like right. we sell Seco um, Seco Norm is one of our product lines we you know you guys have they have keypads standalone keypads sure. they have some request exit buttons they have a request exit button. some of these are going to overlap a little bit but that's you try to limit that to to certain as much as possible you you can't always have it a hundred percent not overlapping but you you do the best you can and then by the same token it might be convenient that there is a little bit of overlap Could and be. that you can parlay the customers that you sure. have for line a over to line b hey you sell seco accessories well you can do a seco reader to a ZK Teco access control panel. Some some manufacturers rep will try to take a, a cameras is a good example more more so than say access control. But a lot of guys that sell cameras will have two or three lines of cameras, mm -hmm. different brands of cameras to sell. I never did like to do that because if if I've got one brand of camera and I, it has a you know it has a sticker price on it and then i have another one that has a lower price on it and then i yet have another one that has a little bit lower price on that one then the temptation for sales guys is always to go to the lower price mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna walk in the door and say i got the cheapest widget on the market do you want to buy it you know that's not that's not selling you want to go in and say you know i can offer you this zk access control product it doesn't have to be the cheapest on the market because you it's rich in benefits you know and hopefully it's rich in personnel at the ZK you know headquarter level that we're gonna get the kind of support that we need to make all of that make all of that work 
you know, my role in ZK as being a sales engineer, you know, we have the two lines. We have an enterprise level line and a small and medium business line. Right. I could just as easily quote the enterprise level line for everything, but it has features that not every project needs. Right. So you just got to balance the two lines or right. balance what the capabilities are Absolutely. of any line. So what, how, how have you seen the, the, the industry developing over the past few decades? What's been the biggest change specifically in access control? Well, you know, the biggest change is the, the capabilities of a product and the ease of, uh, ease of installation. The capabilities of access control has is, is changed tremendously in just the, the last few years. It, it, we're at a point now where I think that the future of access control is all going to be in some sort of a browser-based product. Mm -hmm. It's also going to be more wireless product. The, right. more you, the, more, the more of that access control function that you can do without running wires, the more attractive it's going to be to those, yeah, those installers because that means they can sell the product for more money and do less work to get it to, to get Don't that need money. to run any wires. Exactly. Just type in the you right know, IP address. So, you know, and get the we Wi-Fi have, set up. Yeah, you know, we have those solutions at ZK Absolutely. now where we can do, you know, put a put a panel. You know, a guy could go out. He he really could go out with an Atlas panel, put it on the on one door, and only have to run wires from you know three feet above the door down to the door, and not have to run any more wires. And they're done. Yeah. Right. And then then he can still have it on the. It can still be part of a network system, mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool. You know, we didn't have that, and you know that's something that's just become a feature in the last few years. And a big part of what we do at ZK, it's not the only thing that we do, but obviously biometrics. People using their fingerprint, people using their face to authenticate themselves. Have you seen that grown over the past few years? I saw, I've been selling biometrics for, for many years. Uh, in 1998, I sold. 150 biometric fingerprint reader systems to Saudi Arabia. Really? So 150 systems. Yeah. So the guy came back to me and said, "Hey, I want you to to supply me with the fingerprint readers, the power supplies, the request to exit buttons." See, so he wanted soup and he wanted the locks. He wanted everything that he was going to put in. He wanted me to supply. Mm -hmm. So that was in. It, it, that was in 1998, and those fingerprint readers were $1,800 a piece. Jeez. Just fingerprint readers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in 1998. Wow. So it was a big order. <laughs> and in terms of reliability back then versus now, I mean, how well, it, 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 they were, those were pretty reliable because they were expensive, but you know they they had uh, you know limited capabilities because back then they could. They they had to have the only way you could put a the only way you could make it work was you had to have a, a a combination of a fingerprint reader and a keypad together because the fingerprint reader when you enrolled everybody would go into that go into that buffer and the only way to get it out was to enter a code the code wasn't there to unlock the door it was there more or less so that when you put that pin in it would go into that computer and pull the fingerprint out that matched that pin. Right. So it made it a quick process of, of entering the pin to get in the door. Now it's a little bit different. So. Well, it was one-to-one -one matching as right. opposed to one-to-many matching. Right. Now we have readers that can do either way. I mean, so our readers, you could set them as one-to-one. -one the the most I could do back then with a fingerprint reader that didn't have a keypad on it was 100 fingerprints total. Right. So it, because 
if you did any more, it took you too long to go into that database. So if you put a thousand fingerprints in there, it had, and you put your finger on it, it had to look at a thousand fingerprints yeah. to find yours. Mm -hmm. Okay? With a pen, you put your pen number in there. Now it knew that, it matched yeah. that with that fingerprint, and it went right to it and got it and it bring it up. And it was as fast as, as ours is now by just putting your finger on it. Right. But now we have panels that can hold 30,000 fingerprints right. that's still just as fast <laughs> just as a one-to-many yeah. matching. Yeah. Well, they didn't have that in well, 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. so. so what kind of uh, advice would you give somebody who's coming into the industry right now? I mean, we've known each other for a couple of years now. I'm fairly young. What advice would you give me? I didn't go away, leave it. <laughs> Fun. No, I'm only kidding. Um, you know, just, you know, I, there are two, two areas right now that are growing in the security business that are really they're really hot and, and access control is one of them and access control is is growing exponentially and it has been for the last few years going tremendously and and cameras you know so if you those two areas are the you know or or the or the best that I, I you know I think if you stick with access control you, you should be successful there's still a, a lot of people and the people buy access control for different reasons and you know they buy them for you know they, they they buy them to control people that are coming in and out their door they want to know who they are mm -hmm. the other one is there's one one other area that that people buy access control for that kind of gets overlooked and that's the convenience of it the convenience of not having to carry a key and fumble around with that key and get it to the door and unlock it is tremendous you know if you take <laughs> yeah, I hate to pick on them, but you take doctors, for instance. You, if you, you a lot of, a lot of doctors in, in their offices will ask that the, the proctor be mounted, you know, at rear pocket high, right? Right, because they'll walk in and they don't, they, they have their, their credential in their, their wallet, and they just put their butt up against the reader, and it unlocks the door. They don't have to do anything. Right. They don't have to take it out. They don't have to do anything. Well, the same thing holds true with fingerprint readers. Now you can just put your finger on there. Or facial recognition. I think facial recognition will be a, a big, big seller in the future. It's getting pretty good now. I don't yeah. know. You know, I don't know what the statistics are for. You know, if you put your face in front of it ninety-nine times, will it unlock the or a hundred times will it unlock the door ninety-nine times? Absolutely. So, it will go a hundred times. You know, so well, I, I, I would be willing to say it won't do it a hundred times, <laughs> but it, you know, it's pretty good though. I it mean, is. you know, if you if you, if you I, I would say that most people would accept ninety five percent. So if you, if you had five times out of a hundred, you put your face in front of it and it didn't recognize you, they'd still be okay with them because they go, oh, yeah, I know that we use facial recognition readers in our office. I've never had a problem with any of the facial recognition readers that we've used. So, well, I, it, to me, it seems like it's a hundred percent, but. Is yeah, it, the, the the problem is when when we're demoing facial recognition, you know, if I come over here and I set up a demo on on that desk over there, and 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 I go in and enroll myself, and it's sitting on that desk, and then I bring that same reader out and I put it in a, and I'm at a distributor, and it's a little bit higher, a little bit lower, mm -hmm. it's it's not going to read the right way. So when you mount the reader on the wall. And you enroll the person when it's in position it's going to be used. That's the that's the optimal. Yeah, well, it's facial recognition in particular, they're finicky. They they like yeah. consistent lighting. So you try to enroll in exactly. the same place where it's going to be used. Exactly, exactly. So Jim, what territories do you cover, and how can somebody contact you if they need you? 
Uh, you call Mike or Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be bought. No, I'm already kidding. I'm already kidding. Uh, I, we covered Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, Kentucky, and out to Little Rock, Arkansas. And there's three of us, and uh, there's three guys, uh, Howard, who is in Tennessee, and uh, Mike, who is in North Georgia, and he is North and South Carolina. Howard is Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas. And Mike and I both share Georgia, and I do Alabama and Mississippi as my work territory. And we have a website called yougotesp.com, mm -hmm. and we also have an 800 number, 800-595-5008. When you dial that number, it'll give you a selection of who do you want to talk to, Mike, Jim, or Howard, and all you got to do is press our number, and it'll ring our cell phones and we can talk to you. Sounds great. Well, Jim, thanks so much for joining me. I found okay. it really informative. My pleasure. Hopefully, you'll listen to it too, and we will see you Anytime. next time. I hope we sell a lot of product. Absolutely. <laughs>